0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 213 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. What's up? Who are you? I'm doing well. And yourself?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you. Super busy still, but yeah. I say that every week.
0: <laughs> well, I want to keep hearing that. I don't ever want to hear we're slow again.
1: Oh, I kind of want to say it, maybe in a six <laughs> months or so, <laughs> but life is good. I can't complain.
0: Yeah, is it 90 degrees every day down there now?
1: Uh, it's about 80. Yeah, it's, it's about 87, 88, 89. It's supposed to be 90 on Saturday, so be jealous because I'm super tan already. Oh, jeez. When I had COVID, I stayed home and laid out in the sun.
0: Yeah. Well, they say sun's the best medicine. What right? else was
1: I to do, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We actually had snow this week, so screw oh you.
1: God. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry, but not sorry.
0: We call it late March, where it's spring <laughs> and March and it still snows, and oh. it's terrible. But yeah. you know what? In about a month, I get to go to California. I
1: see that. Do tell.
0: So the second largest dental lab meeting in the U.S. is happening next month, Lab Day West, May 20th to the 21st. uh, Have you ever been to Lab Day West?
1: No,
2: I have not. We
0: got to get your out there. That's true. We should. It's a great meeting. So while the podcast won't be there recording, sorry, Barb. That's all I'll be there with my Preet family. And I get to be presenting on Saturday, again, my presentation, Using Your Awkwardness to Market Your Lab.
1: I saw that on Facebook today.
0: Yes, yes, I like to... uh, Market yourself. Yeah, market (laughs) myself in awkward.
1: Nice mustache, bro.
0: Yeah, you like that? Little Photoshop. I didn't miss it. (laughs) I don't think you could. It was bigger than the picture of me. (laughs) So if you missed my presentation in Chicago, now's your chance to see it in a much warmer climate. So if you've never been to Lab Day West, you should head out. It's not as big, it's not as busy as Chicago, but it's still a great show with a lot to offer. So come see me at the Preet booth all weekend, being awkward. I'll put a link up on this episode's show notes for the event and to register for my presentation. Nice. So this week, Barb, we talk a lot about removable composites that make the tissue on dentures look really good. But I'm curious, and we don't talk about it too much, pink porcelain on Fixed. Do you still do a lot of that? Yeah, You'd be surprised. I would probably do maybe
1: 10 a week, single units, bridges. We mix two or three different porcelains together to try to have something that doesn't look like gum add a little modifiers and we mix some of the just different emacs porcelains and you know we've have an actual mix you know like a recipe um, that works pretty well and then if they give us pictures you know you can tweak it or use you know straight pink and it's um i mean yeah we do do a fair lot Mostly
0: on implants. Yeah, I, I get that because a lot of time it's bone loss and the implants mm-hmm. plays. But do you ask for shades of the tissue?
1: I mean, not really. There's one shade guide that Ivoclar offers and I also made like homemade tissue tabs. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I can send them to clients and they can match those.
0: Do you use Mio?
1: Uh, I use Mio to stain and glaze, but I use Emacs for the ceramics.
0: Okay, that's interesting because I remember back in our lab, pink porcelain, it never looked great. It was it always, never does. It was always used, obvious. You know,
1: yeah, I did one that was like, um, what do they call it? Mahari.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: that was super crazy, And that was just off of a picture. But uh, hey, it didn't
0: come back. <laughs> there you go. I guess it's better than looking at an implant. So. Yeah,
1: in my world, <laughs> yes.
0: I don't think we ever successfully did it, but maybe it's just the fact that it's on one unit. Yeah. You know, with removable, usually you're doing the whole gum area, yeah. so it's a little yeah. bit easier. You don't have to match. I don't know. There you go. Thought it was interesting. You do do a lot of them. Wow. Yeah, fair amount. Yeah. So this week we talked to a very dedicated and enthusiastic removable technician from the UK. Bar, we are really, we're really international these days.
1: I know, I know. And they're at all kinds of funky hours for them and us, but I really love it. So like so many people, Deepa
0: Barakta, and I know I got this right, Barakta.
1: Yes, yes. First one ever.
0: (laughs) Didn't know what she wanted to do when she grew up. Neither did I. Not many people do. Mm -hmm. After her parents wanted her to be a lawyer or a doctor... Deepa found dental technology at the university, or as everybody in the UK calls it, the uni. The uni. The uni. Two years there, and a year in another country, she found her passion for making dentures. And after a few jobs at various labs, Deepa found her home at Dencraft. She talks about the school, getting her dream job, and working directly with patients and Annex Composite to create beautiful, lifelike smiles. So join us as we chat with Deepa Barakta. And now
1: a special message from our good friend, Norbert Ulmer from Grow 3X.
0: If you want to save and also grow, Grow 3X is where you should go. Resins to print night guards for high impact and flex. Look no further because we have them at Grow 3X. Burrs for your mills, zirconia for your crowns. With Growth3X, you will be the hottest lab in town. And last but not least, if you seriously want to grow, at Growth3X Aligners, and your doctors will say, "Wow!" Be sure to check out all Growth3X has to offer at grow 3 xcom That's G-R-O the number three X.com. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast. Thank you. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We are excited to welcome to the podcast Deepa, Deepa, Deepa.
3: And let her say it.
0: Yeah, with the last name that I think I'm even tapping out on this one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, no. Oh, it's said simple. It's Barakda. Barakta. Yes. Yes. Well done. You've got it. Barakta. Yes.
0: Oh, I see it now. Yeah, it's it's just how it's spelled.
3: You just break it up, so you baracta.
0: Barakda. I love it. <laughs> it's good, Deepa. Welcome to the podcast. How are you?
3: Oh, thank you so much. I'm very well, thank you, very well.
0: Well, you have an accent that tells us you're not from the states.
3: No, that's a big giveaway, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I love it. <laughs>
3: just saying. So where do you
0: join us from?
3: I am joining you from all the way from Leicester in UK.
0: Leicester. Where is that close to?
3: Oh, it's Midlands. So it's closer to Birmingham.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Heard of that. I have actually been there
3: have
0: you? Yeah,
1: when my brother played soccer growing up, he was with a family that lived in Leicester and a soccer team. He would stay with them for two weeks and then they yeah. would come here and I went there once and just absolutely fell in love with it.
3: Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Did you visit any other places in Birmingham? or? No, we
1: kind of just stayed around the neighborhood, but I just loved it. That was way back when they dropped milk off every morning. Do they still do that?
3: Oh, you mean milkman that comes around? Yes. Yes. So I'm originally from Manchester. That was where I was born and brought up and they'd have milkman's come. So we'd have milkman's on a Monday, Wednesday and a Friday. And people used to think, oh, well, that's posh. Do you not get your milk from the supermarket and groceries? Yes, we do. But we also have days where we get some extra like a top up.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that is so cool. I love it.
3: And they still do that? Yes. Is it, it delivered everything. by
0: horse and buggy?
3: You know what? No. <laughs> got these cute little vans <laughs> that go around. They do milk. They do all sorts now. They do eggs, bread, liquor, cereal, you name it.
2: Nice. I wow.
1: think
3: well, they're just making life easy for people that don't want to do their shopping. Possibly, yeah. and some people that just want it off the app and have it delivered. Sorry to detour, Elvis.
0: I was going to say, we're here to talk to you more about just than just share. grocery delivery, <laughs> I hope.
3: <laughs> I hope so.
0: Deepa, <laughs> you are a removable technician, right?
3: That's right, yes.
0: At Dencraft. Yes. I said it right. I always want to add really? a T, but there's no T. It's Dencraft, right? Yes,
3: it's silent. Yeah.
0: So tell us how you got started in the industry.
3: I didn't actually have a foggiest of what I wanted to do growing up, to be fair. Yeah obviously coming from an Indian family expectations are oh you know you want to be a doctor you want to be a dentist you want to be a lawyer you know all those and yeah I like mm, okay yeah I was more like I wanted to do more of arts and then mom was like um no art doesn't pay you good wages you know you want to be something that is a strong um career and I was like oh okay what? I thought about I thought, well, what would I want to be and it was like, it took me a long while. I mean, I never actually thought of dental technicians because it wasn't popular back then. I'm talking what, nine in the 90s, I never heard of what a, t- a dental technician would do because it's not spoken about a lot. You know, you hear lots of talks about you can be a dental surgeon, you can be a doctor, whatnot. And I just went and did my own little... um research I had to be steered away from art so when I did my schooling I got through my GCSEs um, went on doing A levels and then I was off by a grade to become a dentist and I thought okay fine so what can I do that is linked with the dentistry field and I came across a course at Manchester Metropolitan University saying dental technology and it's like making appliances and I thought oh this is a bit hands-on you know sounds artistic I want to give that a go and I um, spoke to the lectures there and they said you know the grades you'd only needed like two C's from your A levels and it was like a three-year course and you could even do it as a, um, a part-time and a full-time hmm. and I got really interested in all the way you know what I'm gonna go for the full-time course I want to see what this is about. I went I applied I got in I studied for a couple of years got a degree out of it and then I was like, right, okay, so what am I going to do? You know, three years flown by. I also actually did a um, work experience because um, you have in your final year, you can do a clinical year, you do dissertation, desert- but they also give you some time where you can actually go out and do some work experience. Uh, a lab or a hospital or you know where you wanted to go and yeah I didn't think about the UK and I was like thinking more about I want to go somewhere else and do my work experience Uh, I want to see what it's like elsewhere because I thought I'm going to be based here I'll be doing my work here you know that's the way I kind of saw So I looked at India because my my mum's side of the family, they're from India and I've had several visits. Mm -hmm. I I wonder what what the industries there like? How do they do their stuff? Um, How do they produce their work? What level do they do it at? So I was quite intrigued and I thought, well, I actually want to go out there and have a look. And I remember that time my dad looked at me and he said, "Okay, he goes, if you want to, he goes go for it wow so he really supported me he said yeah why not so that was my first time I think this is back in 2009 and I've never been on my own um to India and it's quite daunting taking a long flight out there and um just going there you know and I was like okay let's do this so I did have my aunts there so I did stay over at family Mm-hmm. Went over, but before going over that, I had to make a couple of phone calls here to make sure I'd secured a place because your university needs to know the address and location, where you're gonna be, where you're gonna be doing the study. Because you have this big booklet where you have to record yourself every day doing stuff, taking pictures, because then you come back and you have to write about it. So I thought, right, okay call them and I wasn't getting any success because every time I'd ring them I'd go through one of the people they would um, talk to me and say yeah yeah of course come down but I wasn't getting anywhere and I thought well I really want to go so I'm not giving up without a fight so then I managed to make some friends on Facebook it was a dentist who'd work with the lab then and he's become quite famous now and he only does Indian celeb dentist at work oh so I was like right let's talk to him and see if I can get some attention and say look I'm from the UK and because that always works and I did um got his attention he said yes come over so I literally had booked tickets and everything got the address down went over saw him in person he actually got me in touch with the lab there I went in seen what they were doing I and mean, there were so many people doing like lots of different things it was like doing production line of crown and bridge because I was looking at the stuff like one was doing the coping one was doing the ceramic one was firing it one was trying to trim it down in occlusion I was like okay that's a lot like it was a total different world compared to how it's done here I mean I don't know much about crown and bridge but from what I could see And it was like an eye-opener, like how people do it, how fast they were doing it, how talented they were compared to here. Because I know here, when we do work, we'll probably do something start to finish. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the U.S., Barbara, because I know you're a ceramist. Yes. I hear.
0: Yep. So in India, was it a large lab?
3: Yes, it was a a large lab.
0: Like how many people, do you know?
3: So from what I can vaguely remember, I... think just in that one room there are about 15 of them Mm -hmm. but that was just the crown and bridge and then they did have a removables area and I think they had the implant area as well if I'm not mistaken but there's quite a lot of people working there but I was surprised by how they were all working because I always thought if something had gone wrong down the line it's like who would be correcting in it who would know whose mistake Mm -hmm. it is, but
0: that's a problem with production Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: It'd just be a total waste and you'd have to start again or something. But yeah, no, it was definitely a total eye-opener. And then I'd come back and I was just writing up on it. But it, it was good. It was a good experience as a whole.
0: So in the UK it's usually one technician does start to finish on a restoration.
3: Yes, or we have communications between um other technicians. So if, say for example, it's a full full denture and one of us have done the train or one's done special train by whatnot, mm-hmm. you'll know because the steps are recorded or whoever's done what. But again I guess it, it depends on lab to lab. Like sure. craft, we are few technicians. Where I've worked in the past, and there's been more than twenty people. But again, in each department, it varies. But you do kind of have an idea of who's done what because you'd have it somewhere on either like a lab track or somewhere that's written down to say who's done the steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's easy to track back. But obviously, work is quality checked before it actually leaves the building. You know, regardless of what stage it's at, so you will get pulled on before it goes hmm. um if it's not done right then it has to be corrected before it goes so yeah
0: and i guess in india it just went down the line <laughs> <You> yeah <didn't...
3: laughs> i mean I, it didn't make me wonder thinking who i felt sorry for if anybody was quality controlling you know because they'd probably <laughs> sit there for hours trying to check and then they wouldn't know who to pull it up on who's done what <laughs> i mean I, again i wouldn't know what the ins and outs are there
0: yeah so what do you do when you went there fixed
3: I didn't actually I couldn't get anywhere to do hands-on so for me it was more of like just watching what everybody was doing oh wow questioning so it wasn't more like I could sit down because where would they have me I didn't have my I mean I had my tools but it was like well I didn't know whether like I was like a burden on them you know just being there but again even seeing things it you know it just made me question and they were happy to answer. I mean, there was a the one girl I did meet, and she was saying, "Oh, I actually wanted to get on the course that you're on." Well, she goes, "Unfortunately, with the I don't know what the fees were at that time mm-hmm. for studying." They go, "It was quite extortionate." She goes, "And she couldn't." And I did feel for her because I thought, "There's me, yeah, who's got education." And I thought, because with my parents were divorced, so in that way, if you've got a lone parent, your education's free. And there was me thinking I've had like free education growing up because people have to pay for their tuition fees for university and the extortionate amount.
0: And like, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute in the uk if your parents are divorced you get a free education
3: yeah i i got um a free education for university yeah i didn't have to pay
0: only because your parents were divorced yeah that's incredible i've never heard this before <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: did you not well i don't know if things have changed i'm talking back when so my sure. education i graduated back in 2010 but i didn't pay for mine unless you like if you do your master's yes you do yeah But my undergraduation course was free. I didn't pay.
0: That's awesome. Hmm. I wonder if parents ever just get divorced just so their kids do get a free education.
3: (laughs) We should try
0: it. Only somebody like Elvis
1: would actually think that. (laughs) Just saying.
3: (laughs) Oh, well, you wouldn't know if you try So you'd have to give it a try just to see and then get patched up together afterwards. Yeah,
0: there you go. Did you graduate? Yeah, let's get remarried.
3: (laughs) Yeah, wait.
1: So how did you know that the removable areas where you wanted to specialize in when you watched everything, is that when you fell in love with it?
3: So when I did the work experience, I got back and when we're doing the course at Manchester Metropolitan University, I kind of then knew like, okay, I don't think Crown and Bridges for me because I thought I don't know how I, I always couldn't get my brushes um, to work properly. I don't know whether they didn't like me or something. Even though I tried <laughs> to build up, I just couldn't do it. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Or will I ever learn? Whereas setting up, working with wax, I just felt was so easy. I just felt it was seamless. I could just do it. Yeah. And then also um, with wire bending, so when you need an author, because you have to do everything. When i at uni, they make you... Do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got to do orthodontics, removable. You've got your crown and bridge. You've got max pack as well. So we had an edition of max pack as well, which I really liked as well. So um, those two really stuck out for me. Uh, I don't know whether it was the artistic thing, you know, where you just sit there thinking, okay, I can work with this. I don't know why kind and bridge don't want to love me.
1: (laughs) I think so. I think it definitely is like the soothingness of the wax and just the artistry and setting it up and just the thought process behind it. So it's opposite for me. So obviously ceramics I fit well with, but I wasn't great at any removable and or wax. And so I just think it's where your, you know, soul takes you and what you fall in love with and what feels good.
3: That is so true. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. And as I was, you know, getting more and more into the course, I, I could just find my ways. and was like, OK, that's fine. I know how to do basic setups, what we're looking for. And then we came to um, finally of the we well, do a clinical year. So where we are like the year three students of the when we're on our final stage and then you've got you're working in a dental hospital. So you do it's like a work experience for six weeks and you're with a second year dental student. And you get to see a patient, you're doing some dental work for them. So start to finish. So you're producing the bite special tray. They go into the hospital. You actually get to see that happen. So the, the students will take impressions and whatnot. So when we got to there, that's when it made me realize thinking, yeah, I don't think I actually wanted to be a dentist because I, I found like it, it's it's boring, like in a sense that you're visiting, I mean, you know, you, you've seen patients you're having the chat, but you're just taking the impressions and whatnot. I mean, I'm sure there's more to it. Um, no disrespect to them. They do work hard. But I just feel like the dental technicians have a fun play in it. Cause you're doing all the, the manufacturing of the appliance, you're doing the end product. And also it's like, it's a rewarding job I feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what kind of then made me realize that, no, actually I do like my course. I do like what I'm doing and there's something I can do better Because once you're out in the big world, you know, all you're going to be doing is learning, flourishing, just breaking all the boundaries and trying to be the best version of you.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's
3: what kind of made me feel, yeah, come on, you know, we've got a lot of work to do here. Um, You know, we've just got to work hard and um, focus on what you like doing. And that was it.
0: Do I understand that a third year dental student worked on a patient with work from a third year dental technician?
3: Sec- yeah, so a third year with a second year. So it was a second year dental student in a dental hospital. So we had a dental environment where you'd see the patient.
0: I almost feel bad for the patient. I
3: know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of learning going on in that mouth. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what are we thinking? What are they going to do to me? I like, out.
0: So do the patients
1: know that you guys are students and do they get like a discount or something? How does that work for the patients?
3: Well, it was through NHS. Um, so it was just a program, so with the dental hospital they 've got people that they see, and it 's a massive hospital where you 've got students who learn there as well i 'm assuming mm-hmm. i think that 's what it 's for um if i 'm not wrong, yeah, because that was the first time I actually went in um, It was a massive place, and people are doing their clinical years they're learning and teaching and they um managed to kind of do a program for both so again it was it 's a learning curve. Yeah. And definitely an eye opener, you know. Yeah. And I think the patients do know what's going on that they're under supervision and you have got senior technician and you've got senior from their side um from the dentist side that are overseeing so they're not totally on their own. You've got people going up and down so if you if you're not sure you can ask questions and they can guide you. So you know, the patients were in the best hands, really.
1: Yeah, that's really a great way to learn, too. Yeah. So you have a mentor right there. You can ask questions. So it's not like they let you guys just go for it. They were watching.
3: No, no you, you had people about, yeah, you, you had people about. Now, I'm talking, again, this is like nearly, what, 10 years? So more than 10 years, I'm talking. So, yeah, I mean, a lot would have changed by now. Hmm. You know, a lot of improvements must have happened. But, yeah, no, it, it was definitely a, a good experience.
1: Was that a two-year program or a four-year program?
3: For me, no, it was a three-year. But then I had like a year out. I had a second year out with family and whatnot. And then I got back in to finish my degree where my dad has been my big support system. And he really pushed me and said, look, finish it off, you know, and then do what you want to do. And then after I finished my undergrad, I actually told my dad I wanted to do master's. Wow. In dental technology, because uh, mm-hmm. they've got a course running in Cardiff. And I was like, yeah, I really want to do it. I was really enthusiastic, like, academically. I was like, yeah, you know, once I've done my degree, I want to go into doing this. And then I'd probably, you know, work in a dental hospital. That's how I kind of figured it out. But then plans change, things happen. And they happen for the best, is um, the way I see it now. And then I couldn't complete my master's for, again, personal reasons, and I then went on doing an apprenticeship in Bolton, which was close to home. And that was really good because we had a CDT on site. It was a family lab with a father and son. And I learned a lot. Um, I think that was a massive eye opener for me just after being like graduated. You think?
0: CDT over there is almost like a denturist, right? It
3: is. It is. Yeah, a, yeah. make impressions of a cases they're allowed to do that again it was a big eye-opener for me once you've graduated you think oh yeah yeah, I know this I know this but no when you step into the real world (laughs) oh yeah it's a a massive slap on your face all that learning is good but to be fair your real learning starts is when you're actually doing stuff in the lab when you're being told off uh, uh, no this is not how it's done. what you've been taught at uni uh, no it doesn't work here this is not how (laughs) it is And you're thinking, well, I just wasted my three years on something that was not relevant. But I mean, it is, as you know, every lab is different; they work differently,
0: and every case is different. Yes, yeah,
3: absolutely. And they make you think on your own. Like you know, you've got a case; you don't just do things for the sake of it. Why do you do it? And with private, that was it. You know, they every even a bite block. Um, the amount of times I must have done one bite block when I first started, I could just shoot myself. Like, <laughs> I was shocked thinking, what? You know, I thought I knew what I was doing, but hell no. <laughs> oh, right. It's got to be thin at the front. It's got to be, you know, thick at the back. Why? Have you seen how your teeth are? yet? Yeah. And it makes sense why your bite blocks are done a certain way.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You need to study the model. You need to study the cast, you know. And I thought, yes, model analysis. And, It all came in to play. You all understood everything. All kind of integrated. So whatever you learn at uni, you could take a couple of bits and it kind of made sense. It all fell into place. Yeah. You have to think outside the box as well. And you have to think that this is for a patient who's going to be wearing this. So you've got to be very critical about everything. Even when you cast models, again, it it was a big thing, like how they should be cast a certain way. And again, a massive learning curve for me. Um, I learned a lot. Um, working at a private lab, from the smallest thing to the biggest, how you set up, how things are processed, how crown and bridge models are cast. Um, you know, it, it was a good thing. So I I was there for eight months, I remember. Mm-hmm. And then after that, because they were a small lab, they had to let me go. I had to then I think I stayed a couple of months at like home thinking, well, what else can I do? And I know I wanted to still carry on. And then there was another lab um which i had to relocate from my hometown to wolverhampton and it was a, it was a big lab it was a commercial lab so a totally different to um the one i had the for private lab going to an nh yeah slash oh, yeah private so again that was different the way they were working was different whereas private you can take your time do the work you've got your turnover day set out commercial lab hectic
1: big time
3: yeah mass production it was like here's the work this is what we got to do this is how it is and you just bang them out you wouldn't have a time to think about it and I think that's what I didn't like Mm -hmm. but for me I was at the stage where I wanted experience so I wasn't turning anything down any experience is good experience in my eyes I feel you can you know knowing everywhere you work is a good thing. You know, you don't have to work solely in private, but you also should, I think, be exposed to how NHS works, how other commercial labs work. Because again, you're kind of, it's building you up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good learning experience. It Absolutely,
3: is. it just makes you, it helps you decide what which way you actually want to go. Yeah,
1: exactly, I think it also makes you faster. You know, when you just start connecting all of the dots, and you don't do the quality that you might want to see for yourself, yeah. but it also makes you faster. You <laughs> learn a lot. You see a lot more cases, a lot of different bites clients that aren't all that great you yeah, know what to look for you know you learn all of the things that you don't want some of that you do but a lot that you don't
3: that's it exactly but yeah it definitely does get you speed up that 100 percent. i agree i did shock myself when i used to work there thinking how many used to bang out like 20 finishes a day and i'd be like really wow don't do that it was just that's a lot it was constant yeah it was constant it would either be 20 finishes or it'd be probably say 10 tries and you'd have a couple of repairs chucked in and you know you you're having to just do it. So your whole day would literally just go without even thinking where the Uh day has gone. Yeah. So I managed to stay there for a year. This was in Morphampton. And then that lab had to go down. And I remember that time I was about to get married. And I was like, well, if I've got no job, what am I going to do? But then they offered me one closer to to Leicester. It was still a long commute. But again, nothing actually deterred me to go away. I thought, no, I'm still going to work regardless of um, wherever I move mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to stop working because I had this thing that I just want to carry on I don't yep. want to stop yep. and it was the same lab but in Ripley so that was about like two hour commute every day I remember at that Whoa. time I didn't have a car so I'd be training and busing to get there and back and I did it that lab was much better um, they did have a good system in place Again, I was doing the prosthetics side at that time. It was a lot less busier than what the one in Wolverhampton was like. So I could do a bit more private work because I was doing a lot of NHS. And I think NHS where you don't think and you just have to get it out that yeah. kind of really upsetting me a lot. I was thinking, well, this is going out to a lot of patients. And, you know, you feel sorry thinking, what if that doesn't fit, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, because you've got your heart. When you're doing the work, you want to do something that's for your best of ability. When you're just banging them out, it's like, no, this can't happen. Um, But Ripley was a good move as well. Doing everything, again, finishes, finishing the denture, doing trying, talking to dentists on the phone as well so if the impressions weren't good enough I could ring them up discuss cases and that was really good yeah Yeah. if the work was good they'll let you know if it's not good you're definitely going to know about that because they'll (laughs) be on that phone screaming down at you thinking well why is this case like this or I didn't ask for this and you know but that was good because communication is key in this so yeah Ripley turned out to be really good but then it got to the point where I thought I'm not really progressing more Mm-hmm. So then I ended up taking another leap and went on to another lab, which turned out that it was more like process work, you know, doing, I mean, being a process technician where work was just plonked on my bench and I just had to get it out.
0: Just processing. That's quite a step down for you after all. That. It
3: was a shocker. Yeah. In a way, I think I did the right thing because if I didn't go that route, then I wouldn't have been able to work for Dentcraft. Mm -hmm. so in a way it worked out well I was there six months and um I was just doing it so you'd just get a box put on your bench you'd have again it would be like 10 finishes five try-ins you'd have about five repairs or relines or whatever so your day would start my day would start at half seven even though they'd started at eight finish at four I'd be in there early I'd drive up uh this was closer to Nottingham So again, I had a car by then, so my journey from being like two hours of what it was at Ripley had gone down to like an hour, but I'd still be over on the motorway and back. And it just got to the point where it was just wearing me down because I thought, I'm going early, I'm trying to get all the jobs out. It was like I was running after time. Hmm. And you're having to do, again, work on something that I wasn't happy to put my name on. Uh, But again, it, it was a learning, you know, thing. It made me faster at doing stuff. Oh, yeah. But then I thought, no, I need to kind of now look for something. I want to be more settled. I want to be in an area where I can flourish, do the best work and be the best version of me. And then I think it was six months down the line, um, Dencraft actually had posted post out saying that they're looking for technicians. So for a couple of days, I looked at it and I thought, is it real? Because with Leicester, Leicester is very small and it's very hard to get a job in Leicester. So that's why I kind of thought, right, I'm not going to get a job here. Um, it's best to stay where I am and commute. But when this opportunity came, I was like, OK, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if I can get it. I applied. I made that phone call and there was a girl on the other side and said to me, just send your CV in. We'll take a look. Did so. Then I forgot about it. I think a week later, I got a phone call from Dencraft saying that we'd like to meet you. And I was like, in my heart I was like doing a little dance thinking this would be perfect for me it be like a couple of miles down the road literally like 10 minute drive for me nice. as opposed yeah. to what I do and I thought this would be a perfect thing for my career it would just literally blossom my career and I was like hoping but not having my hopes too high and as you do you go in for your interview made sure I got there early made sure I made you know my presence zone went in sat down and you know, as you're nervous and you just kind of like blabber on too much. And I think I kind of <laughs> did. And I thought, I hope I've not blown my chances here. But when they said, looking at my CV, actually, you're an LE5 postcode. So the bonus, uh, you know, goes. the advantage is that you're from Leicester. And I thought, yeah. He goes, so what we'd like to do is like have you down for two days and um, just to see what you're like and how you would be around here.
0: Yeah, like a working was, interview. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. So I was like... Yeah, why not? I thought like, I'd love that. Yes, I did. I did two days. I remember that was the first time I actually met Nina there. Oh yeah. Awesome. And obviously I didn't know what they thought about me at that time because it's a small lab. There's only my manager, Rob, Nina, and we had um Paul, who was the um metal technician. Mm-hmm. I'm right. I hope I've got that right. He's gonna kill me if you listen to <laughs> he's retired, so I'm sure he won't mind and they were obviously looking for an addition so that was me and then I worked two days I listened to them I was working closely with Nina so I think she was trying to then like kind of suss me out thinking whether she's going to be fit for the you know yeah. case or not because you know be a small lab you have to be careful who you take on who not who's going to work you know if they've got oh, yeah. the great behavior personality the personality yep. yeah. So yeah, rolled in today too. I was fine. They were telling me how it works because we're like a lab on site. So we've got a massive practice downstairs and not forgetting about five fleets of stairs. So we're right at the top.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't realize
3: that. Yeah, we're right at the top. So <laughs> It's like when you're getting your parcels and your post and your impressions from downstairs, you can imagine the amount of flights stairs you have to go down to collect and come back up. I mean, it's a great workout, don't get me wrong. A little bit of exercise yeah. every single day. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> we a just, little mini workouts.
3: It's always, I mean, we just let the parcels build up and then we just try to see if we can make less journeys than constant. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> you said you sent in your CD?
3: CV CB. What is that? CV it's like you've got your name, your address, like what you do so all your history.
0: It's their version of a resume. A resume. Yes, That's a resume. why That's I asked. It. I
3: That's it. Yeah.
1: Do you send any pictures of your work or anything or is it basically just a where you have work?
3: It's just a sheet. So basically I think it's a minimum of A4 uh two pages. I think they've um limited how many you can write because you can go on writing about your history. So your recent work so you obviously your normal details your contact number where you've studied where you've worked your recent work and then two references okay who you want to give all right so with me they did ask about pictures while I was on the interview and I quick got my phone I asked them could I take my phone out I said I have got pictures on my phone and I literally whipped them out um, I'd saved them because I knew I had a feeling that they probably would ask about my past work of what I've done and which they did they'd seen a couple of pictures but I think they were they actually wanted to know what I'd be like working and uh, with a small team. So when I did those two days, they went, I think on my on the second day, they got me in and they said, look, this is how we are. The quality is very high here. This is how we work, whatnot. And um, in my head, I was thinking, are you going to offer me the job? Are you going to offer me the job? <laughs> I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to smash whatever it takes, you know, to be and they did they said yeah we're happy to take you on and to my surprise I mean I was really really ecstatic because for me it meant okay no more motorway journeys
0: oh yeah yeah, I bet
3: Um, it meant I'd have like two best technicians I mean I had Nina I had Rob you know I was under their wing I really worked hard I listened to their advice I listened to what they because they've Got a lot of experience compared to me so they knew how things work how private work is how everything should be dealt with and I was really ecstatic did everything worked my way up and loved being here you know loved doing what I do now when I look back I'm thinking wow I've come a long way and I wouldn't change it
0: What did they have you do during those two days? Did you basically do a little bit of everything or did they give you one case to do start to finish?
3: Well, two days I had, I got a taste of everything of how they cast imps. Because obviously we don't have a model room technician. We do everything. So we'll do the casting. We have an admin who does the booking in. So mm-hmm. I got a taster of how they'd cast the impressions. I got a taster of how, again, special train bites are done differently everywhere. But again, they want to see how I did mine and how they do it. So a lot of changes, not major. Yeah. Um, some splints, I remember. I don't know if I did do a try now. I can't remember. But I did a bit of everything. I actually did get to go downstairs. So we, like I said, we've got dentists on site. We're a lab on site. So we've got practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, with lots of dentists and there was an implant case I remember and Rob actually took me downstairs to say look we're doing like a same day teeth so this is how it's done um mm. they had the patient at the chair side I remember the, uh, the dentist was talking about how things are done showing me the x-rays so the patient in the chair and the work was like being fitted in and I was just watching I was like this is brilliant I thought <laughs> from what you know because technicians yeah. usually don't have that advantage right labs you don't see where your work goes how it is unless you pester a dentist to say oh how did that job go mm-hmm. I do
1: yeah <laughs> Every
3: day you, you're like tell me I want to know um because yeah. I recently um we did that with one case which um I'll tell you about and it was again it was like wow this is so cool you know you're actually getting to see everything happen either way if it goes good or bad it you get to see it and it that is the you know the big thing like huge Either way, take it as a compliment or take that criticism on board and how to rectify it. But you get to see if you've gone wrong, where you've gone wrong, and how to correct it. But if you've gone right, great—you know that's like a massive tick.
1: Yeah, I'll say and that was
3: good, and that's what I kind of experienced on my second day. And that way, even it made my choice even more. Thinking, right, I do want to work for this place. I do like this environment. This is where I want to be. And it made me feel that whatever I did in my uni. I'll be able to put all that into place here, you know, um, working hard, producing high-end stuff. That's what I want to do. I want to make a difference to patients' smile. You know, I want to give back their smile and this workplace has allowed to do so. And I thought it was a great opportunity. Yeah. That's
0: great. It's not like you haven't spent your time doing 20 finishes a day.
3: No, total opposite.
0: Yeah. But it's, God, what an opportunity
3: it was definitely and when they said that I was like yep I'm onto it and that was it and now you know I'm here and when we do our cases if we have any like full arch cases and if we don't hear from the dentist we have a lab phone so we have everyone on whatsapp um, oh, that's how yeah. we so communicate with the <laughs> dentists yeah for any like big cases if it's any scan jobs or anything you know if we're not happy with the impression it'd just be like you take a picture you tell them right not good enough we need a, a new one and they can see it so they're like okay yeah that's fine we'll do that and we did some full arches for one dentist and we really posted them out gone this week and I really wanted to know how it went and I, I told my manager I said can we um, just message him to find out because I said I've not heard any feedback and What we always say is, "No news is good news." (laughs)
0: Yeah, definitely. I say that too. (laughs) That's a universal term, I guess. (laughs) I don't agree. I like news.
3: Oh, we were like, okay, but with me is when I've done some work, and I remember mine was a lower arch, which I did with pink composites on, so I really took my time doing this job, and I was like, and the upper was a ceramic one. And We sent it out, and I actually added some pink onto it. I remember, and we sent that out, and. And I said to Rob, and I said, we have to pester him. He goes, all right. He goes, let's just message him and see how did it go. We did it. We thought, you know what, either way, we want to know. Yeah. He messaged straight back and said, oh, it fitted like a glove. And went, oh, that's great. Uh. Well, I said, where's the picture? So we we actually told him, we, we messaged him to say, right, when you fit that, when the lady comes back in for a review, could you please take some pictures if she allows so we can, you know, Use it on our social media sites to just say how wonderful this smile was created.
0: Because
3: mm-hmm. it's rewarding. Again, you know, seeing that the patient was happy, hearing the news that she was happy, it really makes us feel like we've done well. Oh, absolutely. It gives you that boost thinking, I want to do more. It's just fun doing stuff like this. I mean, it can, you know, come down with tears. Don't get me wrong. There are times where, yeah, you, you feel upset, you cry, you go home thinking, oh, God, you know, I hope it's gone all right and whatnot. But it's because you want you wanna do well.
1: Yeah. So what what is your day like now? Can you kind of take us through your work day?
3: Yeah, so now we're fully private lab. So the works we do are like um the high end denture work, which has pink composite work on it. We do hybrids. We do a lot of um implant dentures. Mm-hmm. We do crown bridge, but our crown bridge, we've got another lab um, in Sheffield. So there's a Dencraft Sheffield. They do the crown bridge. We do more of the um, prosthetic side on our side. Okay. Wow. So our day usually involves, we have a trainee who um, at the moment we're training them up to do casting impressions and doing the normal, you know, reeling them into the real world of how we do things. <laughs> And I like to do the arty, arty work. work. <laughs> so,
1: oh, yeah. Describe that. I want to know. I've heard that term. What does that mean?
3: <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? It's like you're dressing a denture, aren't you, in a way, making it look natural as possible, not just a pink plastic. You're thinking about, like, the gum, the tissue color. You're trying to emulate all that. And that is fun. It's mm-hmm. just so therapeutic, and I feel like having the opportunity to do such work like that is, is amazing.
0: How do you do that work? What do you use?
3: Massive fan of Annex. And as you know, okay. um, I've taken some really good tips. I've had Nina teach me um, while she's been here, teach me a lot of, gum work how to analyze how to use the correct colors and I've taken that on board and I've tried to experiment and do that and it's been great like I can see the results I can see how it looks I've got a little more confident with using them Mm -hmm. I also get opportunities like to go downstairs to the dentist and shade map the pink and that's awesome because you actually get to see their gum and then what you're trying to do is then kind of map how it's going to look you get some pictures taken, so you've got that to use when you go back, so when you're finishing the denture off, and then you're cutting back, and then you're thinking about how you're going to apply your pinks. Again, it's just exciting. So when I start doing it, I just get all excited. Thinking, oh, wow. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> I'm going to sit there with my Ultrascope. I'm going to sit there with all the colors, lay them all out, and then I'm going to look at them thinking which one I'm going to use first and just paint away. It's Again, it's, it's so fun to do. And I look forward to doing cases like that that allow color to be added in and to give patients that natural looking denture that they can just smile about.
0: How many different pinks are there? Do you know?
3: Well, there are. I know Anixdent, they have a lovely dark pink. So uh-huh. I use a mix of Anixdent, they have really nice, like opacity in there so they're really good for like hybrids Mm -hmm. that I paint on and for dentures I use the SR Nexco pastes.
0: Oh that's uh, Ivoclar right?
3: Yes that's Ivoclar. Them two are really nice to use and I enjoy using their products. With extent. the colors come out really well they also have a nice um, light pink color as well which I use instantaneously and what's the other color that i really like from them um so the dark pink's nice their light pink's amazing and i haven't tried their cream cream they've got a nice cream color which you can use to actually do your roots now i haven't tried i usually Uh, use one of the dentine color yeah so that's something i'm going to try out to see how that looks
0: Hmm. how long does it usually take you to do an arch of just the gum work
3: Just the gum work. Yeah. Um, So once it's been prepped, applying, I've not really timed myself. Yeah. When I recently did the lower arch, it took me at least good, I think it took me two hours. Wow. The key is it's the blend. Like Nina says, it's the blend. The blending has to be done correctly so that the colors shine through quite nicely.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, it's above me. I don't get it. It's like, well, it's like it ceramics. I just yeah. don't see how it happens. But... I totally can. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm, you I'm can. Really feeling
1: her. And I'm like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Because I was even going to ask it. you that question of how do you get that tissue? And you answered it. You said you go down, you study it, you look at them, you take the photographs, you probably blow the photographs up. Yeah. And then as you're sitting there creating, you've got that right in front of you. That's, yeah. that's exactly what we do
3: yeah but it's good like when you just sit there doing it you're just in your own zone you're just doing it there's no distraction even though people in the background talking the phones are going off whatnot your focus has just gone I become really quiet and that's when they actually say that they've never seen me go so quiet is when I'm actually doing composites I go quiet I don't talk to anybody I'm zoned (laughs) out. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> blabbermouth and like, would you just shut up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's why they keep giving you work. <laughs>
3: yeah. I don't know why now?
1: <laughs> well, I think that's the level of focus that makes you amazing and makes you creative and an artist. I do the same thing. I'll just come yeah, in and just you. just yeah. jump right into my cases and just check out. You know, and you just love it.
3: Yeah,
1: I think yeah. that really comes through in your passion, the way you talk and the way you talk about your artistry. is just like. And always pushing yourself and getting better and wanting to just keep growing.
3: Yes, I think there's there's no end stage of that you think you know everything because there's always something new to learn. You're always forever learning in this platform. Mm. And it, what's really nice is that when you kind of um, connect with like-minded people, like what I recently discovered is on Instagram, there are a lot of other technicians that love have passion have drive yeah and it's it's so nice to connect with them to talk to them discuss ideas or you know any advice they're so happy to share Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and you're always growing because you always know something but then somebody else says oh well have you tried this there's this way and it's nice to know that there are different ways of learning different ways of producing stuff there's just not only one way and it's nice yeah and People are really sweet and really supportive. Like, I love using the um, colored waxes from Janelle. I recently tried oh, yeah. doing them on my case, and they look fab, you know? And I can understand when people say, Oh, well, what's the point of, like, using the colored wax? Because they're going to, it's going to go, it's going to boil out, and that's it.
0: Oh, that was my question to her. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Oh.
3: <laughs> there is a whole point it's like when you're doing composite work it goes well perfectly it it, you know people get that idea basically for the patient they can see what they're getting Mm
0: -hmm. oh i think it's huge when she explained it you're able to sell it that much more during the try-in yes it's like digital dentures now and the monolithic try-ins we're almost going backwards
1: (laughs) i was going to ask you are you guys doing any digital
3: we don't do digital um, dentures at the moment, no. It
1: takes the artistry out of it that you're speaking so highly of, and I don't mean anything negatively to the listeners who no, actually yeah. do it, but I just think it's a different for an animal. It
3: definitely is, definitely is. I mean, I don't think it's hit really big. Like, for our lab, it hasn't yet, because everyone still loves the analog version, like doing it yourself um, rather than the printed. Mm-hmm. But you never know. It could be a big hit, you know. Anything can happen.
0: Oh yeah. Well, if anything, those digital dentures are going to need more composite work.
3: Oh god!
0: <laughs> it's the only way you're going to get anything that looks pretty decent.
3: Yeah, I mean, there'd be a lot of cutback though, because you'd have to. Yep. There's only so much composite that you can add. Um, you'd have to really cut back the denture and uh, work your magic on it. You might it. as well <laughs> just
0: make the whole thing out of composite at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <It's> Possible. <laughs> So do you get to see patients now? You go upstairs, or what'd you downstairs. say? You're upstairs, so you go downstairs. So you get to see everything tried in and everything go in.
3: Yes, you can. It depends on like on the patients as well, um, if they're willing to allow. But yeah, so, uh, recently we there was a try on locators, and which was done, and the bite was off, so it, it had to run. But when you're doing it on the articulator, uh, you don't see that. You're mm-hmm. working off the bite, everything, all the you know the dimensions that you've got when you look it on the articulators and when you're doing your guidances and everything you think everything's fine but then when it's tried in it's different and you do get called and that's one of the good things for me as well you go downstairs and you can have a look and you get to see it that okay this isn't right there's a run and you you look and you think yeah you've got a and that is right and then they help take pictures as well so you actually get to see the patient see how they're like you get to see, like, the symmetry, why there is a run, because you don't see that they probably have their lip line is not, you know, symmetrical.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
3: something you don't know. So, again, it helps because then you take pictures. So, the dentists will take picture. They'll, again, email that over to you. And then little tweaks. And then they call them in for a retry. And then after that, the dentist will just walk in because... With us as being a lab on site, they just barge in as and when they please. On you know, <laughs> your lunch, it's like, oh, I just need to discuss something. So it's like, oh, I'll drop everything for you, and yeah, oh, well, I'm all yours now. Tell me. But I mean, the beauty <laughs> is, it's nice that if there's anything that's done, and you know, if it's done smoothly, they'll come up and say, yeah, everything went well, fine. Let's let's go to finish. And then even with the finishes, if you ask them politely that if we could see the finished work, why not? So there's um, a recent denture that I've just posted today which was a pink composite with chrome that I did Mm. and this one again was the um, practice on site and the patient was she was very particular with what she wanted so the pressure was on it was chrome denture and she didn't want any grayness showing so it was like what can we do with this patient how can we make it look that it you know the gray doesn't shine through Hmm. pouring it up in dentine worked and then stripped it back added composite to it and the day it got fitted and I did bail downstairs to the dentist spoke to the nurse and I said I know this patient's a bit wary but I said if it all goes well could I come and have a look and they said yeah sure
2: wow. and
3: I remember it took a while and then they actually buzzed up because you had to ask give patient consent if, if it was allowed you know because unless they didn't want to so yeah sure because everyone's different and um, yeah I actually got the opportunity I went downstairs she actually asked me the patient looked at me and said well what do you think so when she smiled I looked at her and I thought wow I said they look great I said they look natural and she wasn't sure so I gave her my honest opinion I said look that smile looks really natural I said I for one second I didn't think you actually they they look like dentures they, they actually look natural so she was happy and then she'd actually come in for a review um, two weeks after. And then I had the dentist come up, like they usually do. And I was casting in the room, and he came up and, yeah, she said to me, the patient's still, she's really happy. She couldn't stop smiling. And I thought, Aww. wow. I thought, that's lovely. And then I did pester him and I said, look, you know, if she comes in again for a review. If she doesn't mind, could you take a picture of it in, in the mouth? But he said, she is a bit particular, but we will, we'll try. But just knowing that the work fitted in and she was happy and she couldn't stop smiling, for me, that was like a massive reward thinking, oh, that's great. I've just changed a smile. I've given oh, her yeah. a better smile. Yeah. And that really just made it worth it. And I just couldn't stop smiling that day. I was like, oh, I love it, love it, love it. You know, <laughs> let's do one more.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you wanted to go chairside with a patient that picky. Oh, yes, yeah. fun. That's the one I'd be like, yeah, I'll just let it go.
3: <laughs> yeah, you'd think, oh, she'd probably say something. Yeah. But either way, you just have to take it on board, wouldn't you? Because the patient's always right.
0: No (laughs) matter
1: what, yeah. No matter what. (laughs) Are the doctors and the dentists there that you deal with, you said it perfectly when you're like, oh, yeah, let me just stop eating my lunch and I'll come right to you. So they're pretty much the same there as they are here. Just
3: saying. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we do. We tend to because we've got how many have we got about eight? i think we've got about eight dentists we've got a couple of hygienists hygienists don't bother us the nurses will come in and out when um but they're nice they'll come in just to check work just to make sure the work's ready for them it's usually the dentist they'll just walk in whenever but when we want them we hardly get to see them when we're chasing them but when they do they'll just turn up as you're in the middle of having your lunch or you're on the phone or you're doing something and you're like right okay do I I can't really turn them away because they're there or they'll just wait for you they'll hang about looming around in the room and you're thinking right all right what do you want now oh yeah but you can actually get to discuss even if you've got complicated cases it's nice to have because you can sit down with them, you can look at the work ticket together you can look at the work models working models together think of a solution okay what can we do better with it what does it need doing to it or is there any other you know you can share your ideas and that's great you know you've got a great communication I think where I am based, the communication is solid. You know, you can get the best cases out between you two. When things go wrong, you can work towards it. It's not like oh, you blame one another. I mean, obviously that does happen, but you work together, find a solution, and you move on. That's the best way.
0: You do work for Dennis outside yes, of your build, well. yeah, yeah. You must see better results with the Dennis you you get to work with that closely.
3: Yes, we do. Like I said, with anything, even if it's like little bits that are not right, we've got that advantage. We can run downstairs and have a look. We can even correct it at chairside if we have to, if, you know, if it's gone on for too long, you've got that advantage. Yeah. Again, even when things are going right, you have that advantage because you can go down, have a look, speak to the patient, whatnot. Take shade maps. Well, yeah, you know shade takes that's a big advantage
2: mm-hmm. even
3: working with the um, dentist outside we make sure we build a communication because it's key yeah. to anything especially when you're doing the high end stuff it's imperative you want to be on the phone you want to be discussing you want to be saying right what are we going to do next if you think it's not right you know we can offer them another um, alternative or have you thought about this you know and some of the dentists are really good and they do listen and they do say yeah actually you know what yeah let's do this yeah um, and you can get a nod who dentist say no actually we're gonna stick with this but then you tell him well okay i've told you this and if we can't offer you warranty then this is how it is um it does work out sometimes it doesn't but it is what it is yeah yeah we
1: do the same I agree yeah
3: yeah
0: you ever have any patients that were upset that just bypassed the dentist and went straight upstairs to you guys to <laughs> yeah. to complain directly to the lab?
3: Funny saying that, yes. We've <laughs> had. This is a couple of weeks ago. Oh,
0: it's still new.
3: It is, it is, actually. I mean, it's weird how you, I don't know if you're reading or if you can actually see what goes on here, but yeah. <laughs> seriously, uh, you're not Mystic Meg, are you? <laughs>
1: Yes, he is.
3: Well, I've got to be careful then. <laughs> well, yeah, this was a couple of weeks ago. I took a phone call and um, usually we um, we take shade. So it's not me personally. We've got a yeah. um, big boss who's a ceramist. He does shade takes and he comes once a week. So what we do is when they're coming down, so one of the dentists sends their patient over to the lab. Mm-hmm. We have to put them in the diary, book them in for a shade. And we had one, and I happened to take the phone call. And she spoke to me. She took my name. She came in for a shade, and I think she wasn't happy with it. I don't know; the shade was wrong or off slightly. And then it was like a couple of weeks later, she rings and she goes, "Oh, could I speak to Deepa, please? Um, because she's the one who's doing my um crown." And hang on a second, no, <laughs> I'm the one doing the crown. And she wanted to know how soon. So I took the call and I said, "Well." I said, to be honest, I'm not the one doing the crown. I said, We only had you in for a shade. I said, You really need to go and deal with the dentist with the time frame, because I said we don't deal with the patient direct. It's got yeah. to be you dealing with the dentist. We deal with the dentist. The dentist needs to come and speak to us, um, regards of dates and whatnot, and we can tell him. And then I think she actually did turn up at the lab um the week after one. <laughs> Going on, and I thought, what <laughs> can be happening? She shouldn't be turning up. And you know, it was difficult to kind of tell her and say, "Look, we're not the people you need to be dealing up with. It. Yeah. You have to go to your dentist. He's the one who will be liaising with you, not us." Yeah, but, yeah, bless them. I think there's some can be really eager.
1: Oh yeah, and then you say bye bye and shut
3: <laughs> the door. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: that's hilarious.
3: i hope that doesn't happen often god
0: yeah thank you for that so deepa you say you're always learning what are you working on next i mean pink composite looks like you've mastered that to me but what's next
3: well i don't know (laughs) i mean sky's the limit
0: Yeah, absolutely
3: i would love to Do lots of like demos, go places. Because I know you guys had an amazing time at um, Chicago Lab Day. Yeah, we did. we
0: did.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was like a storm. What was going on? Like everybody was everywhere. I was like looking at stories, looking at people's posts. I thought, wow. Next year you should go. Call me over. (laughs) I'm all up (laughs) for it. (laughs) I'm all up for it.
0: Nice. Well, awesome, Diva. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it was amazing story.
3: Oh, well, you're welcome. That's a great story.
0: I love your passion and your enthusiasm for it. It's it's great.
3: Thank you. No, it's an honor. Thank you for having me.
0: I loved it. Thank you as well.
3: <laughs> you're awesome. Welcome.
0: Well, we will talk to you soon, and uh, we'll see if we can get you over here in America to go to the lab day someday.
3: Amazing. You guys yes. are a star. Oh, I'd love to meet you in person and everybody.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.
3: Thank you, guys.
0: Bye. Bye. Hey, did you hear the dogs? Whitmix offers you the ultimate in ease, material flexibility, and unattended production with the Roland DGA DWX-52 DCI milling machine. The popular mills automatic disc changer expands your labs production and profit using a 6-slot automatic disc changer, 15-station automatic tool changer, and several other automated features. The DWX-52 DCI dental milling machine now comes with performance software and other intelligent updates. The 5-axis mill even knows which tool to automatically swap out when tools have reached their designated lifespan. Just power it on, let it go, and automatically and accurately mill numerous dental restoration jobs with complete unattended confidence. If you're interested in learning more about the Roland DGA DWX 52 DCI, visit Whitmix.com or call 1-800-626-5651. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix.
1: Thank you so much, Deepa, for coming on our podcast and telling us all about your passionate journey. Plus, you know we love the accents. That's pretty amazing. It's amazing to hear how far you came to find your home and at a lab that appreciates the quote, artsy fartsy that you find in your work. Go find her on Instagram by finding the link on her guest page at voicesfromthebench.com and see some of her amazing work. Well done, Deepa. It's beautiful. Good luck to you.
0: Absolutely. We can't wait to see more from you in the future. Yep. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good week.
1: Bye. Um, I tell me what the f say.